This episode of The Sleazy Podcast is brought to you in part by ShopNerdKO.com. That's ShopNerdKO.com. Your home for all things nerdy. Welcome to The Sleazy Podcast. The podcast about anything and everything, but mostly TV and movies. And now it's time to get sleazy. All right, you heard the intro. It is indeed time to get sleazy. This is the Sleazy Podcast. I'm your host, Sleazy. Tonight, I am only joined by Mr. PBS. Have you trademarked the the yet? No, I have not. Because you know OSU tried to do that. I don't think I could get away with it. I don't have the money to file that lawsuit. So I'm not rich and famous like them. So Them. Yeah, the Ohio State University. I wish I could trademark it. That'd be cool. I don't really have enough people that... Uh, we don't have enough fans at this point to really consider doing that, I guess. Mm-hmm. But how was your week, man? No, it was a week. I was on vacation this week. You're on vacation this week, huh? Yeah. yeah. yeah I just kind of uh, enjoyed not being at work. Okay. All right. Just enjoyed not being at work. That's yeah. excellent. Yeah. That's the best kind of vacation. I was at work this week. I didn't have a vacation. But we... So... We are without Robzilla today because he's sick. He texted me this morning. He said, I'm dizzy. I've been up all night coughing. I I can't even do Cincinnati this weekend. I won't be at the Cincinnati Toy Show. Says he's got the black lung from working out of them coal mines. He's got the black lung indeed. He was up all night. <coughs> and then Hot Sauce, he's actually working until 9, so. He's a... Uh- he is the new new star of Law and Order AP Asset Protection. Yeah, you might see him on there. Yeah, so he's he's working, but the show must go on, as they say, and we're gonna try our best. I mean, it's not like it's our first rodeo doing this as a as a duo, the duo, the dynamic duo of the Sleazy Podcast. I was gonna say, I was gonna claim the name uh, Clown Prince of PBS. Clown Prince of PBS. Yeah. I like that. That's yeah. kind of cool. Be my, that'd be my Halloween name. Yeah, that's that's actually really cool. So, what did you watch this week? You know, this is our horror round table. Even though we're not at a round table, we're at a rectangle table. I feel like I didn't uh, watch nearly as much as I should have been on vacation. But I watched a couple of things in there. Let me get my list out here. There you go. Oh, shit, he's got a list. I don't <laughs> have a list. I'm just going to remember from my head. I can remember most of them. But uh, I don't know if you... I know you still buy physical media from time to time, but there's... Uh, oh, yeah. I don't know if you've heard of Shout Factory. Shout Factory has Scream Factory. I, I have heard of that, yeah. And Scream Factory is their uh, horror label. label. And uh, I don't know, either earlier this year or something like that, they put out a box set. They called it the, uh, it was supposed to be the Bela Lugosi, Boris Karloff box set, but there were some issues, so they called it the Universal box set. Okay. So it's sort of like some B-ish level movies. Not You know, it's not their top tier Universal horror movies like, you know, uh, Frankenstein or Dracula or any of that thing. But I, I've been I've been like getting up. They're only like an hour and ten minutes long, you know. So I've been getting up and eating my breakfast in the morning. Just Perfect popping. for your morning yeah, routine. Yeah, just popping one in. So uh, I went through a couple. There's a uh, did that have pancakes and chocolate milk involved in it? No, no, just just my well, I did have chocolate milk. Okay, I had my normal breakfast of uh, chocolate milk, my uh, honey bunches of oats, and a little bit of bacon and toast. Oh, okay. It's my it's my normal morning breakfast. Okay, but uh, I like it. There's a couple uh, based. They were sort of based on Edgar Allan Poe stories, but not really. There was uh, the Black Cat 
from uh, 1934 where like Bela Lugosi in, was in a war and it turns out that Boris Karloff was like the guy who tortured him years ago so now he's back to kind of get his revenge and find out what happened to his wife and daughter. Kind of the cool thing about these movies is they kind of go back and forth where one Bella's kind of the bad guy and the other one Boris is kind of the bad guy. So it's, it's kind of different because normally they're both the bad guy. Okay. Uh, there's another one called The Raven where uh, uh, Bella goes, he's like a doctor and he goes kind of mad and he uses his genius to kind of get back, get revenge and kind of torture people and get the woman he loves and all that. And the uh, the last one I watched from that box set was called The Invisible Ray where Boris Karloff is like a, turns into a mad scientist. He finds like some super duper uh, radium and he wants to, you know, uh, harvest it to turn it into a weapon, but it ends up poisoning him and he takes revenge by like, he just by touching somebody, he kills him. Oh, he man. gives him the radiation poisoning or whatever. How's he, how's he ever going to touch a woman again? Exactly. Well, his, his, his friend, uh, Bella does find uh, a temporary cure that he can take, but since he wants to murder people, he just doesn't take it. Yeah. He, he just wants to kill people. Goes off and touches them. Uh, I had a couple more modern ones after that. I watched um, an Australian film called Next of Kin from the eighties. It's a little on the uh, slow side. I don't know. You'd have to be uh, you'd have to be in the oh, mood for that. Oh, what was that? It's a it's a sighting. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, Next of Kin from uh, nineteen eighty two or something like that. With uh, it's an Australian movie. Kind of got a soft you know soft spot for eighties horror movies. Australian movies are kind of a little different. Like I say, kind of a slow burn movie, so your your mileage may vary on that one. And uh, I had one more on here. What was it? Oh yeah, I watched uh, Brian De Palma Sisters, where like uh, you know he did Scarface and he did uh, a ton of movies. And this is like one of his earlier ones, where like uh, uh, Margot Kidder was like a Siamese twin, and she and they did an operation and split her up from her Siamese twin, and then she. She kind of goes crazy, or or the sister goes kind of crazy, and all that. So okay, that's kind of a yeah. So you're watching the really really old old shit. Uh, for the most part, like, like say my my Bella Lugosi and Boris Karloff was pretty old, but Sisters was from the seventies, and Next of Kin was from the eighties. Okay, I got a whole I got a whole stack at home that I that I kind of want to watch. Really? Kind of thinking like I want to do like part ones and twos of things. That's uh-huh. like when we get our reanimator night. That kind of fits in there. I really, uh, I we got to plan our reanimator night since we did, we did Freddy last year. Maybe we can fit in a one Freddy movie, the the last dream. Is that what it was? The uh, new nightmare. The new nightmare. Yeah, yeah there we go. And uh, maybe we'll fit that in. Then we'll move on to reanimator. Yeah, find a day or something. Yeah, I'm thinking the last Friday in October. I'd be able to do that. Yeah. Maybe we can get Rob Zilla to get a vacation day. And... Get get off his deathbed. Yeah, if he, if he's still alive by then, that is. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much it for me. I've been trying to find some like new ones because I know uh, I recommended a couple for hot sauce. I'm sure I'll talk about it next week. Okay, but you know it's nice to you know recommend some new ones and like Netflix stuff so we can all check it out and talk about it. Yeah, I really wanted to check out the uh, the what was the grass movie the on Tall that? Grass. Yeah. I wanted to check that out, but I just didn't get the time because mm-hmm. I've been watching other shit. Mm-hmm. But this week, uh, I think what was it Sunday? I watched the the new Fright Night, and I hadn't seen it since you and I went to the theaters and we saw it. Mm-hmm. Like we actually saw it late, like when it was on its way out. Mm-hmm. But I actually I watched that, and man, I just forgot how good 
that uh, Fright Night remake was with mm. uh, what's his face, uh, with Anton Yelchin. Yeah, and then uh, I'm not a fan of uh, Colin Farrell. He's got his movies. You know, he's got he'll, he'll do like a my really... favorite movie is his as Phone Booth, mm-hmm. and I'm really not a big fan of him other than that. Mm. Uh, but uh, he was good as the vamp Jerry the Vampire. Yeah. Isn't that a great name for a vampire, <laughs> Jerry? Jerry, what uh, was it? Still Dandridge? Dandridge? I believe so. But um, so I watched that, and I, I just man, that had a great cast in it. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice vibe, kind of. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was just cool, and it was uh, it was intense, and uh, it was just a fun horror movie. They don't make those anymore. It seems like it was. We've definitely gone to like the like if you go see a, a scary movie now, you're kind of you're going to come out of it feeling kind of like down, you know? Yeah, like there's like it's a hereditary. Like you kind of get done watching, like damn, that was yeah, or it's all based off of like. Um, I, you know, I don't know, jump screen, yeah, uh, jump yeah. scares, and um, shock factor. I mean, like, how bad can we gross the audience out, mm-hmm. or how uh, brutal can we make this movie? But I mean, this was just, I mean, it, it I had fun watching it again, mm-hmm. and it was just, I mean, from the beginning to the end, it was fun. I mean, even when they face adversity, mm-hmm. it's still fun to watch it because the characters are mm-hmm. so good. David Tennant, I mean, is classic David Tennant in this. He was he was my one complaint is because he wasn't in it nearly enough. Yeah, I mean because I don't think he's not in like the end, is he? Like when he goes after the vampire. Yeah, he's in the yeah a little bit. Oh yeah, he uh, maybe he wasn't in it enough is what I was thinking. He he shows up like right when they go he goes to go into the house again and he's like I don't want to be that man tonight or whatever. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I mean same thing with you know, but um, so and then I moved on and I was like, well, I watched the first Fright Night. I've never really seen the or I, I watched the remake of Fright Night. I've never really seen the first Fright Night all the way through. So I made it a point to DVR Fright Night, mm-hmm. and I watched the original. The kids are really fucking annoying in that. By the yeah. way, it's just that classic eighties innocence that they tried to portray back then, yeah. you know. But uh, what was his girlfriend's name? I can't remember. She was. She played a uh, played Marcy on uh, Married with Children. Yeah. Like, damn it, I don't want to have sex with you right now. My neighbor's a vampire. Yeah. It, like, she would get upset with him. And uh, what, what was his name in that? Oh, um, shoot, I can't remember. Like, I mean, she would be, like, clearly upset with him. Like, some parts where you could see he's, like, troubled. And, like, one part she throws... Brewster. Brewster was his name. Brewster? You're so cool, Brewster. Yeah. And like one part, she throws like a sandwich on his face. Like yeah. he's the man's concerned about the killings on the news, <laughs> and you just want attention. And uh, yeah, she was a little annoying. The mom wasn't as fun as the mom in the new one. Yeah. The mom had a bigger role in the new one, actually. Really? Yeah, because I mean, the mom really doesn't get attacked by Jerry the vampire. No, because in, in that one, she's at work or whatever. Yeah, and I mean, in this one, the mom gets put in the hospital from one of the attacks or whatever. But. Uh, I mean, it's still a fun movie, and the guy that plays the vampire, Chris Sarandon, yeah. Hunter, he is phenomenal. And, uh, Peter, uh, Roddy McDowell's Peter Vincent, yeah, yeah, Peter Vincent, like that character is great. I mean, he's so terrified, and until he learns like he has some knowledge, actually, yeah. and he can do something, he catches him in the reflection, and he doesn't see him, you know. Yeah. But I mean, how great is the uh, the effects in that movie? It's that classic, like. 80s effect where they boil everything down in animation style and <laughs> you know that was i mean that was some people still say that that was the best time for effects because that was the peak 
of practical effects. Yeah. And you have just enough CGI effects to kind of smooth out some stuff. Yeah. And they just they don't they don't quite do it that way. Like anymore. the part where he kills the uh the caretaker. Oh yeah. Like yeah, he said he wasn't a vampire, was he? He wasn't a vampire, but he was some sort of ghoul or ghoul whatever. Or something, yeah. Because yeah. he could go out during the day. Yeah. And uh but like they kill him, they shoot him with like a well, they they shoot him and then they they stab him through the heart, mm-hmm. and he did like this that classic boil down where you see the skull and then yep. he just kind of melts down and, uh, but yeah, that was cool. And then what they did, you know, the actual killing of of the vampire at the end was cool, where mm-hmm. they threw him into the sunlight or whatever, and he did the boil down too, and uh, they I think they stepped on him or something. I can't remember now. <laughs> uh, I watched it late at night. But yeah, I mean, I, I always love those. Like, because at the end, you know, he's he's up in the room with his girlfriend. He looks over at the old house and he you see sees the, the eyes. Yeah, and he's looking at him. That how and the friend killed me. How he would uh, evil Ed. Yeah, he he was just uh, he had that laugh to him, and he was always like, at least I'm not feeling calculus. Now you know, uh, I forget the actor's name, but something happened with him like after these movies, and he was like really hard to find for like a long time because they wanted him to do uh, conventions and stuff. Mm-hmm. But like, like he went into like gay porn or something like that. The Evil Ed. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. He had. Why does that not surprise me? <laughs> so it was just kind of weird. I guess he's back doing some of the conventions when they do them. But I don't. He, he, he after his gay porn career. Ended? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if he just had a rough patch or if that's what he wanted to do. Or so he totally disappeared and did gay porn. Yeah. He. I mean, he disappeared for like a long time, and I think it's only within the last couple of years maybe that they've got him back into. I was wondering because I've never really seen like the Fright Night people at yeah. conventions. You they'll know? do. They'll do some of them now. Where they'll get you know three or four. They'll get the director and I've seen Goonies. I've seen Reanimator. Obviously, mm-hmm. I mean Buffy. Um, Candyman, I mean, some of those, I mean, and then uh, obviously Jason and yeah. uh, Freddie, I've seen all those people, but yeah, not Fright Night. I, mean, I think they've started to do a couple over the last couple, because they've got more people, you know, right. involved. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, it, it, it was cool, though. I mean, I really enjoy those movies, and I mean, they're both fun to watch, mm-hmm. so. You know, I always say that, I remember the first time I watched that was back when I was, you know somewhere in the 90s or whatever, early 2000s, you know, back before uh, there was, like, sports on all weekend. They'd, yeah. They'd have, like, afternoon movies. So a lot of the horror movies that I grew up watching that I that I really, really like, you know, I watched them on, like, sunny Sunday afternoons or something back then. Yeah. And, it, you know, they're not quite as scary, but they still kind of, like, hold that power, you know? Yeah. But, man, I tell you what, those movies were fun, dude. I had a blast watching those earlier in the week. And uh, I've actually been uh, watching... Castle Rock on Hulu. Oh yeah? Yeah, I'm I'm like a little over halfway done with the first season. Is that one season out or two seasons? I think out? there's two seasons now. And I think there's another one coming soon. I think the second one just might have ended or aired or something. I don't know. Cuz I know there was some big thing about uh Annie Wilkes, the character from Misery mm-hmm. is going to be on this season or whatever. Yeah, but I mean, you see those connections with uh some Stephen, uh, yeah, the Stephen King, Stephen, <laughs> yeah, the Stephen King verse, uh, and I mean, it's definitely got his his footprint all over it, but it's it's creepy and it's interesting. I'll say that, like, you want to keep going back and watching them, I'm, keep finding I'm, stuff out. I'm surprised that they still haven't done like that for the movies yet, where they really kind of try to connect them a little bit. Because you yeah. watch you watch the old Stephen King movies, and you'll hear. Like names, yeah. Like, you know, there's, you know, not too many like sequels or whatever. It's not the same people doing stuff. 
Yeah, but this takes place in like Shawshank prison or whatever, and this they find this uh, kid locked up in a closed off part of uh, the uh, prison, and he's in this like weird ass cage, <laughs> like, and uh, the the before they can question the um, what do you want to call it? Who's the guy in charge of the prison? What what's the name for that? The warden. The warden. Yeah, the warden kind of commits suicide. Mm-hmm. So they're just left with this fucking kid in the, and you know, they're like, what do we do? We can't say the, tell the news because then we'll take heat for having this kid locked up for the past 20 years. But I mean, it's interesting. And I, I mean, I have no idea what's going on in it. And I mean, other than I get that some people can read minds, but, mm. but it is, it's good, man. I highly recommend watching that. That'll give you the Halloween feels for sure. Um, I always throw on a couple Stephen King movies here and there throughout yeah. Halloween. I've been wanting to watch the original Pet Cemetery and then watch the new one since I haven't seen the new one yet still. But um, last night when I got home from running some errands, I uh, fired up the On Demand, and I actually watched, since American Horror Story is different every year, mm-hmm. I just I was like, hell, you know, I want to watch the new season to interest me more than what's, you know, past the one seasons that I'm already finished, but, uh, American horror story, 1984. And, uh, Emma Roberts is kind of like one of the main characters again, obviously. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it's about these kids that take, uh, a, uh, summer counselor position. Say the, the previews make it seem very Friday the 13th inspired. It's very Friday the 13th inspired, but in classic American horror story fashion, Mm -hmm. There's a tons of shit going on. So it's not just, you know, a slasher or whatever, but it is. Oh, I've heard that like the serial killer, Richard Ramirez is a character in there or something like that. The Night Stalker. Yeah, the Night Stalker is. Yeah, I mean, it's, there's all kinds of shit going on. I mean, and I don't want to like spoil it because you ha- you find these out after mm-hmm. like, I want to say, oh, I watched two episodes. So you find it out in the second episode, you know, there's more than just a serial killer uh, going on. But I mean, this guy he he murders like an entire cabin full of kids at the opening scene, oh, and they lock him up. And you know these criminals that will never get put in hard, <laughs> hardcore prisons. They get put in insane asylums where uh, there isn't a guard that's <laughs> worthy of you know right. beating them down if they get out right. of their cage. So I mean, of course he you know he escapes it with relative ease, and uh, he, what's the first thing he does? He goes right back to the fucking camp. <laughs> Uh, it, but it, it's from what I've watched. I mean, they've got like the '80s synth horror music going on with it. I mean, it it's pretty cool. I know a lot of uh, horror fans uh, were looking forward to this season a lot. Yeah, with I'm, the previews and everything. Two episodes in, and I'm hooked. Like as soon as you leave, I might fire it up unless you want to watch something. But <laughs> I mean, it's it's good and it i mean i can't wait to finish the i'm sad that i'm gonna have to watch it week to week yeah (laughs) so uh but yeah i'm i'm highly recommending that watch that shit uh you will get all the vibes from the (laughs) 80s movies that you love and especially if you're a big friday the 13th fan you're gonna love this stuff so watch american horror story 1984 and i didn't really watch anything else i've got the shining set to record I've never watched that all the way through. Really? Yeah. Just I've always caught bits and pieces of it. And, you know, I've seen the iconic scenes. Yeah, in yeah. It. I mean, classic. Yeah. I think they re- they just recently came out with the uh, 4K that they oh, had. Oh, yeah. It's supposed to be really good. So, 
That's yeah. I might watch that this October, but I might save that. That's one of my like snowy movies. Yeah, because they're out in Colorado, whatever. Red Rum. I always I save that. I, I save The Shining, and I save uh, John Carpenter's The Thing till we get the like thing. A, till we get like I a almost, foot of snow on the ground. I almost watched the 2011 one the other night. That was on on demand. You know, I watched that one once, and I read it from the library on, yeah. on DVD, and I, I didn't notice it. But there's a there was like a little crack in like the plastic part in the center. So I watched like the first hour of the movie and then it wouldn't work. And then I had to skip and I can only watch 10 minutes of the movie. So I, I so I'm missing about the middle third of the movie. Oh, wow. I think I watched this movie a long time ago, like early in the morning when I was coming home from work or something back when I worked nights or something like that. Well, you know, they, they made this one and they really wanted to do as much justice as they could to the original. Right. But I guess that because and they did a bunch of practical effects but maybe the studio people didn't like it or whatever, so they actually made him go back and redo it all oh. CGI. So I'd be I'd be curious. I, I think maybe there's like a behind the scenes stuff where you can see the creatures and all that. Those studio people are always fucking shit up. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> as Ed Ed Bassman would say, <laughs> you hear, I, I I hear stories and podcasts from people who work out in Hollywood and stuff, and they'll say it's like, yeah, you go to one of these heads of the studios. And like they didn't, they haven't seen any movie that wasn't made in like the last ten years or something. They're all money people anymore instead yeah. of movie people. Like, they don't, they don't give a shit. Come on, <sighs> kind of just like with any company, I guess. Yeah. But it is what it is. Show me the money. But yeah, that was that was my thing. Like I watched all those, and I really haven't watched. I mean, I watched the two movies this week, but I haven't watched anything else. I've been watching, been trying to catch up in Castle Rock mm-hmm. and catch up with the. Uh, 1984, obviously, but um, and you didn't watch anything else, right? Nope, nope. That was my that was my movies for the week. See, it sucks. We could have had Rob Zilla fill the rest of the time and tell uh, us. I, the... I need to know what shitty movie he watched this week. Yeah, I need to know. No. We don't have a shitty movie, you know. Like I said, I recommended a couple of the hot sauce. I know one of them he liked, and one of them he was kind of meh. So I'd be, I'd be curious to hear what he <laughs> what he's watched when he comes back. Yeah, he really he's been quiet too. I haven't heard him. Uh, watching too many things. He's been he's been hot on the trail. This yeah, week. that's right. He did. So there was uh, Jennifer Aniston was on a guest on the Howard Stern show this week. They were out in L.A. and he had some pretty big guests. He had her and like Robert Downey Jr. and she has now been quoted for saying she wants fewer Marvel movies. This must be like the the topic of the week. Yeah, it's like these. And it's it's like older Hollywood people are coming out now and and just bashing the shit out of Marvel movies for whatever reason. Well, I don't know if it's so much bashing in in some respects. Like I, said, I think we talked about it a little last uh, week when we talked about Scorsese, that uh, you know in a way like you know it's all about the money. So if you got these movies, these big superhero tentpole movies making you know a billion dollars. That's kind of all a studio wants to make, so they have to put all their money in this one thing. What's well, what people want? They they want to see it. I mean, I'm sorry. Oh yeah, they certainly do. But when it comes at the uh, cost of all these, you know, other tiered movies, you know, Jennifer Aniston <laughs> will never profit a movie. Like she'll never make a movie studio the money that a shitty Marvel movie will make. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's just a sad, the sad truth to this. Uh, this. I don't know what you want to call it, her ignorance. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, she was on uh, Stern, and she's quoted here. 
it wasn't until the last couple of years when these streaming services were just sort of exploding with this amount of quality that I actually started to think, wow, that's better than what I just did. Anison told Variety. Oh, so she was quoted on Variety. Sorry. And then she goes on to say, and then you're seeing what's available out there. And it's just diminishing and diminishing in terms of it's big Marvel movies or things that I'm just not asked to do or really not, not that interested in living in on green screen. So to me, I feel like she's just mad that she hasn't been asked to do a Marvel movie yet. And, you know, I'll say this to do a Marvel movie. You have to have a little bit of range because they are, they are playing, you know, I, I, I wouldn't say this, but difficult care. And they're not entirely difficult, but they, you do have to have some range to play these characters. Um, you can't just be, you know, Rachel from friends and go in there and be like, well, Chandler, where's the blue stone at? I, I, I just, I think she's salty that she hasn't been asked to do one yet. And she's seen other people do them. Well, I mean, I don't know if she ever said she hasn't been asked. She says she makes it sound like she's not interested. We'll, we'll go with that far because that's what she puts on the record. But no, I, I mean, I kind of see her point that, you know, like, oh, I don't want to act around green screen all the time and all that. Like, okay, that's a fairish point, I guess. No, she, I guarantee you she hasn't been asked to do it. <laughs> she, she has no range. She's the same person in every movie. And, you know, she goes back, kind of kind of the argument Scorsese was making in a way that it's all for the, you know, it's not for the love of the art sometimes and all that, which, you know, whatever. We talked about that last week. So in, in a way, I think yeah. she's got a point. Yeah, or things that I'm just not, I'm not just asked to do or really that interested in living in on a green screen. Well, you see, and that's that's sort of the thing where Scorsese was talking about kind of movies in general. She's making it seem like she's just not interested, which, you know, is fine. I don't, I don't know if you read the part. She talked about, you know, she wants to go back to them making more, you know, romantic comedies and all that. And, you know, they really don't make that many of those anymore. It seems no, like. they've kind of fallen off here yeah, lately. Because that was like the 90s thing, you know. Because no, nobody wants to waste the money to pay a high-dollar actor or actress to play in those now. Well, that's the thing. And I think maybe that's kind of what she's getting re- at, too. The return isn't there. If you if you go, if you're going to, a, to the movies, if you're going out to the theater, you want to see a movie on the big screen... You know, in the highest definition, you want to see stuff blowing up and all that. Because that's yeah. the thing, you know, you can watch everything else at home. Yeah. And, you know. And, you know, and that's another thing where she is correct. I mean, her bread and butter now is on streaming services. Mm-hmm. And much like uh, anybody that's played in a movie with her, their bread and butter, like Adam Sandler, is on a streaming service. I mean, more people are going to sit at home and watch those on Netflix than they will at the theater. And their return is more negotiable with. Uh, Netflix or Hulu or uh, even HBO to make a movie. So, I mean, she's she's fading away from the big screen <laughs> to the small screen again. That's and I think that's kind of it's kind of what she's getting at there too. It's like yeah. the the level the the yeah, the, I mean just the level that TV shows are anymore whether it's streaming or not, you know. I mean, you know, shows like Breaking Bad and all that have just been incredible. And you, you could argue very easily, I think, that they rival just about any movie made. For sure, yeah. yeah. I, but I sense some saltiness from her, though, that she hasn't she hasn't gotten a big Marvel deal, though. Could be, could be. I, I'm sensing some some saltiness. I'm just going to leave it at that. We get, we get, we get, just like the, Martin Scorsese's salty that he hasn't gotten a big payday from Disney. <laughs> I don't I don't think Marty cares. I think Marty cares. Indeed. Where's the where's the where's the Friends clap we need in here? Yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Jennifer Aniston. I've loved her since Leprechaun, and I loved her in Friends, and I've loved her in the majority um, of the rom-coms that she's played in. But, uh, I, I mean, I just, I don't know. I'm just tired of people bashing the Marvel movies, man. I mean, film has evolved, and this is what people are wanting. So, I think it's largely, like, it's just kind of the topic of the week. You know, it's what everybody's asking. Like, what do you think about so-and-so saying so-and-so about this? And like, whatever. You're right over there with that mic stand. Yeah, you know I'm, I'm a, I'm, I like to diddle with it. Yeah, I can tell. It's loud as fuck. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I don't know. Maybe I'm taking it the wrong way, but I'm just like shut your fucking mouth. You just worry about your next Adam Sandler movie <laughs> on Netflix. Because you know Adam takes care of all of his friends, and he's going to take care of you and buy you a new house. So, but. I think we are going to take a quick break and then we'll come back and we'll talk about some more stuff and it'll probably mostly be Joker stuff, I think. So we'll be back. All right, and we are back from break. How was that break, buddy? It was uh, nice and refreshing. Nice and refreshing, huh? Refreshing. Refreshing. I, I like, like a that. new man. A new man. Yeah. I don't know about that, but it is nice to take a break every once in a while. So, more Hollywood news on the scoop. On the scoop. The scoop. The scoop, scoop, scoopity doop. Uh, Jared Leto is quoted or he's not really quoted but there's a rumor saying that he's kind of upset that they uh moved on and made another joker movie with him without him how do you feel about that um uh, you know dc is a mess it really is and i and if if i had to rank jokers you know uh leto's wouldn't be in my top three or anything like that but i was really looking forward to seeing him get his ass kicked yeah I, you know, I thought he would. I, I really thought that. Uh, I mean, I think people would have a different perception of him if he didn't have all the tattoos. But I thought that, like, I really liked his version of the Joker, and it felt like a Joker to me for some well, he, reason. He really could have been a character that I didn't like. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, but you know, I mean, it's it, it's kind of hard to talk about him because he was a side character in one movie. Much like Affleck's Batman, he he never got like his full Batman movie. Yeah. So Joker never got his full movie where he was just you know sort of the main villain. And supposedly he was supposed to be, um, in more of that. Mm -hmm. And what's his face that directed Suicide Squads? What was it, David Ayers? Uh, yeah, that was him. Yeah. yeah, he he said if he could go back in time now, he would have made uh, Joker the main antagonist in mm -hmm. that. And because I mean that was like straight out of the the one. Uh, uh, we watched the one uh, Suicide Squad animated movie. I don't, think, was, I don't know if we watched that one. The Arkham was that Arkham something? Uh, yeah, we watched it because Joker tries to get Harley Quinn back in right. most of it, right. and that's kind of what he was doing in that while they were trying to fight the uh, Enchantress, I believe. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I think people were more upset. Like, I don't think people think that he overall sucked. I think they're just upset at the way he was. Um, you know, the damaged yeah. on his forehead. And uh, I think people would have been fine with some of the tattoos on his chest, obviously. Well, I like, I, I, they never got into his, his Joker's particular backstory, but 
I always like to think he was like some like well off kind of white guy, like a you know Wall Street guy. Yeah, and he he like something happened to him, and he turned into like ghetto Joker, getting the face tattoos <laughs> and all that. And it, it could have been a really fun take on on things for like he's the Instagram Joker or whatever you know for for today. Yeah, I mean, he's a phenomenal actor. Oh yeah, and we know he can nail that role. And for him to come out now a couple times now. Because he even when the movie came out and they bashed it, he was like, there's enough footage to make a Joker movie out of this. And they're holding it back. You know, this is not my fault. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe him, man. I, I think he would have rocked. And I, I didn't think he gave a bad performance in Suicide Squad. It's not his fault. I mean, that movie was chopped up and yeah. spit out and then put back together and <laughs> just pushed, you know. And I think if they would have left the fucking movie alone, it would have been a lot better. Uh, but... I just I feel bad for the dude. I think he got a raw deal in this, and I'd still like to see him come back and portray his version of the Joker. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind it off if he was back in some some way. If he came in back for the new Batman movie or whatever it's going to be. Yeah, but and you know they wanted to do a Joker and Harley Quinn movie, but obviously they've moved on with that because you know the Birds Prey it specifically says the newly emancipated yeah. Harley Quinn. Got to get away from that abusive yeah. guy who pushed her into a vat of chemicals. Yeah, and then she's like, I'm tired of clowns. And it's <laughs> just like, if Joker was around, you wouldn't be calling Mr. J no clown. You you would get your shit right in line, and you'd be right next to his side again. But I did enjoy it. Like, the one part where they go into uh, uh, the club that he's in just chilling. Yeah. And he like puts the hand in front of his mouth, and it's you know got the tattoo of the the of, other mouth. <laughs> yeah, the other mouth smiling, and he, you know, and he's talking shit to what's his face. I really like that. I mean, there's there's parts I really liked, and there was parts I didn't. But I thought overall, I mean, he has the look of the Joker, and uh, I mean, I don't think he he portrayed him badly or anything mm-hmm. like that. I mean, we'll get into this a little later on when we talk about the movie Joker with Joaquin Phoenix. But, I mean, I don't know. I mean, he's not my top three because, you know, I grew up watching Adam West Batman. Mm-hmm. And to me, like, that's a huge staple. And then Mark Hamill. And, uh, I mean, isn't that sad that we put a cartoon above uh, the real actors? <laughs> but You might. I don't know if I would. I mean, Mark Hamill is the Joker to me. I mean, I mean, that's a very, you know, that whole Batman, the animated series. If you If you asked me to say, what's Batman to you? I'm either going to tell you Batman '89 with Michael Keaton, or I'm going to tell you Batman the Animated Series. Yeah, and I'm I'm exactly right there with you. And I love the the uh, um, Christopher Nolan series yeah. of Batman, the Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah, they were good and they were real life to an extent. But I mean, like I'm just with you. Like if if I have to say what's Batman, I'm going to point you to, right to the animated series, and then I'm going to point you to the '89 film. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I just rewatched the '89 film a year ago, and uh, you know, a lot of people say it doesn't hold up, yeah. but I'm like, bullshit! That movie was fucking awesome. That, that's one of those movies that, like, if I'm cleaning around the house, I can put on and watch or not watch. But I, I, I almost there's there's times where I can't watch it because I've seen it so many times that I start right. like quoting it and getting ahead of the movie, you know? Yeah, but I'm and, and you know, like we always talk about, like I got into an uh, not really an argument, but a. Uh, you know, a back and forth discussion with some guy at work, and he was like, "Whoa, Heath Ledger is the best Joker," and I was like, "Well, you know, he's not my Joker. He's a he was good. I'm I'm not yeah. I'm not saying that Heath wasn't good. Heath was good, and I enjoyed the character that he was in 
in that universe, and I understood what Nolan was going mm-hmm. for. It fit into his world, but to me, it wasn't the clown prince, mm-hmm. you know, like. Yeah. Um, it wasn't my Joker that I wanted to see. Yeah, it focused on the, a different. It's focused on an aspect of Joker. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I mean, it, and it's and it's focused on the anarchy of Joker. Yeah, let's just put it that. And way. I mean, and that's that's the good thing about all these. They're not remakes. They're not you know reimagining. They're somebody's take on a character, right? On on the world of Batman, on the DC comics world, and all that. So if if you love it, great. And if you hate it, well, wait five years and they'll do it again or something. You know. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I am sad. I feel like Jared Leto is getting fucked over here. And, uh, you know, obviously there's no mention of his movies now or him reprising Joker in WB Studios. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I guess hopefully maybe he'll have a Justice League uh, Zack Snyder fan club. Because, <laughs> you know, those people... Give me the Joker cut. They rented that huge billboard for the Snyder cut. But, I mean, I just... I really wanted to see that that Ben Affleck movie with him rivaling him. Because mm. I really felt like those two would have just hit it out of the park. And they were just, I mean, his, the Affleck Batman and his Joker were just so different, you yeah. know? It would have been, it would have been, I, I'd have, I wanted to see that. I still want to see I, it. I think Snyder hit it out of the park with his Batman. I mean, very Frank Miller, mm-hmm. uh, obviously Frank Miller inspired. And if you're a Batman fan, you know the Frank Miller you know, the Dark Knight Returns, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you just know it. I mean, and I think some people are pop culture fans, and they don't know Frank Miller, Batman, instead of being comic book fans. So to me, that's what kind of bums me out when people talk about Batman mm-hmm. and uh, the newer movies, obviously. But, I mean, having said that, we went and saw Joker Tuesday, and we got the shake the shakedown going in. Yep. People, we saw people getting their bags inspected and measured and... Then we got checked again for tickets going into the theater. I, I mentioned this while we were at the theater. I mean, it felt like what it was like going to the theater like 20 years ago, you know, where like there was plenty of staff and the place was, you know, I mean, it was like the, wasn't it there like their cheap Friday or cheap Tuesday or whatever it, it is? It was $5, uh, $5 movie night. Yeah. So there was, there was tons of people there. There was tons oh, yeah. of employees there, you know. They had cops there. And... Yeah. So it was kind of nice to see like a theater running on all cylinders like it used to, you know. Five dollar movie night at Marcus Theater is fucking insane. I mean, we got. I mean, I bought five tickets to the ultra screen for twenty bucks, and normally that's one. You know, uh, what eighty percent of one ticket? I mean, that's like ten bucks to twelve bucks a ticket or something like that. No, it's it's sixteen for the ultra oh, screen really? now. Yeah. Or no, it's fifteen, I think, and then the super screen is fourteen, and then the other screens are like thirteen. So movie tickets are expensive, and that's why everybody goes to that Tuesday night deal because oh, yeah. I mean it's so fucking cheap. You can take the whole family, and I mean you can even buy a popcorn <laughs> and a Coca Cola afterwards or Pepsi at them. They have Pepsi, not Coke. But um, so I'm just gonna let you go. What did you think of the Joker? Oh, I wish I wish Rob Zilla was here to give his take first. No, um, you know, I, in some respects, I really, really liked it. Um, the world they created was a very gritty, like 1970s kind of world, 1980s kind of world of Batman. It took place in the 80s. We know that. Did it, did it, does it say? Yeah. Or, so I, it felt very much kind of like, you know... Uh, if you watch, like we talk about the 89 Batman, that's very much like a gothic Batman world. And then you watch like uh, the Nolan trilogy, and it's a very real world. And this one managed to sort of be in between. It's kind of real world, but kind of not. 
And I, I really love, if, if nothing else, I think you got to admire stuff like the cinematography and everything, because it was really, it was a really great looking movie. Yeah. And, you know, uh, you know, Joaquin Phoenix, I, I, let's, first you got to, you got to say, this is like the most specific origin for Joker we've ever seen in a movie, I think. You know, in 89, you get Nicholson, he's basically a gangster, gets thrown into a vat of acid. You know, Leto's, we don't really even know what happens, I think, with him. We never quite find out what happened for Ledger's Joker, which is kind of part of the ingrained in his character. So for a very specific Joker take, I mean, I I really liked it. I think Joaquin did, like, uh, he was really acting. But, I mean, that's his thing, is to go out there and try to do the weird thing that maybe not everybody's doing. I I thought it was well written. Like when he tried to play a rapper? Yeah. (laughs) Remember that? Yeah. And everybody didn't know if it was uh, for if real. He or... was really doing it or not. Yeah. So I, I I appreciate a little bit of weirdness in an actor just to kind of keep you on your feet. And you know, like his he was great. Uh, I liked the take on Thomas Wayne because you know whenever we watch a Batman movie, it's always like the Waynes are always these great people. And in this one, there's moments in the film where you question: Are the Waynes really really that great? Are they in it for themselves? Were they were they for Gotham? You know. See, I did not like the way they portrayed Thomas Wayne. <sighs> I didn't. I mean, Thomas Wayne is in you know ingrained in your mind that he's a a good dude. In this one, they portray him as a scumbag. Well, I don't. I don't know if they really. I think they make it. There's lots of things in this movie that are questionable because it's from you know Arthur Fleck Joker's point of view. Yeah, and and, and that's the thing you know that you have to take with it and how reliable is Arthur Fleck's point of view and you know that's a very there's you know there's a very big undertone in this movie of things like mental health of you know um, class inequality and I mean and that's you know he even says at some point like I'm not political I don't really care about any of this stuff but you know you question does he does he not you know so I think that undertone kind of reaches all the way up to the Waynes And and like I say I Without giving too much away of whether he really is a scumbag or not, they they leave things questionable. Now next week we'll go into more an in depth hot sauce. Hot, hot sauce is going to see it on Sunday. Yeah, so next week we'll be able to talk about this a lot more. Yeah, we'll, we'll, it, it, this is the spoiler free review. Yeah, I'm trying to keep it pretty, yeah, pretty clean. So because I know hot sauce will listen at least before he watches it. Yeah, and like I said, I don't know if I don't know if. Joaquin is going to get an Oscar or anything like that. I think he's going to get a nomination. I I think he probably deserves a nomination. Just because of the, 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 if there's one thing you'll notice that the Academy awards people on is uh, their physical ability to get ready for roles. The physical. I I forget what, I read an article that said he lost like 45 pounds or something. 50 pounds. Yeah. And he, he had a nutritionalist that kept him on 500 calories a day. Well, uh, they, that's not even the recommended amount of calories you need. And I think I think he even made a comment that, you know, losing the weight in some way wasn't all that bad. But when he went back to normal was when he got really, yeah, you know, really kind of messed him up. So, I mean, like I, I it's it's very much an adult rated R take on the Joker. And I appreciate them going out and doing something that Marvel's not doing. You know, Marvel's not going to make this movie. Because they've said that this is a one-off movie. It's not included. Don't expect to see him again. He's done. Yeah. 
Of course, so. they say that, but now that it made like a hundred million opening weekend, you know now, and I, I hope they don't, you know, because I think it works as as the thing it is, you know, doesn't need to be connected with anybody, doesn't need to be any other heroes, villains, whatever, just leave it alone. So I, I really I give it a thumbs up, and I recommend if you're a fan of any of the stuff, you go watch it and make up your mind. You know, I see Hot Sauce shared an article where a bunch of people like I wanted to walk out after the like. What are you even? Did you not know what movie you're going to see? Well, that was more or less people that are uh, um, are social warriors that are offended by everything. Uh, you know, they one article I shared said that they glamorize gun violence and or glor, glorify gun violence. Blah, 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 I can't talk tonight. And uh, they they uh, made mental health like a mm-hmm. you know that you know this is totally acceptable if you're mentally crazy or. And I think maybe that's one of the movie's shortcomings is that you never quite figure out exactly what's real and what's in his head and what really happened, what didn't happen, what kind of happened. And in some ways, it, it does kind of glorify that stuff in, in one respect. But if you think, I mean, is he just some guy making some of this up? You know, it's like, oh, okay, he needed help. He didn't need, you know, he's not, a, you know, it's, he's a sympathetic character. You know, a lot of bad stuff happened to the, happened to the character of Arthur Fleck. And he, he becomes a bad guy. Uh, you know, is it is it totally his fault? No. But, you know, I mean, if, if, you know, at the same time, where does his personal responsibility start? So I think there's a lot of great topics in the movie. And I think maybe that's the one shortcoming is that it kind of muddles the end a little bit. Yeah. You know. So, yeah, I don't, you know, it didn't, you know, everybody's worried about like incel violence. You know, Joker's character was not an involuntarily celibate character. He was a poor guy with mental health problems. He's a maniac. Yeah. You know? He's a maniac with no rhyme or reason. Yeah. Like, he just does shit to do it. I mean, you, you know, you talk about, uh, you know, if you're a Joker fan, you know, the famous, the killing joke, uh, the, one, the one origin story that people actually hang their hats on, mm-hmm. he just shoots Commissioner Gordon's uh, daughter just to do it. Barbara. Yeah, he shoots Barbara. <laughs> And he just says, fuck it. He's like, I'm going to shoot him just because you're the commissioner's daughter. Yeah, and I think maybe people forget that. Like, Joker's a terrible individual. Yeah, he's <laughs> he not. He kills people. Yeah. You know, that's what he does. That's the character. Just you know? because Batman shows mercy on him. <laughs> but And and I think, I think like I said, that's one respect Well, this is really good because it shows people. And, and maybe that's part of what they weren't expecting is that it shows him realistically killing somebody. It's not like the '89, you know, where he just gases everybody and all that. Right. It's it's like, oh, that's that's the Joker shooting somebody or stabbing somebody. <laughs> yeah, he's actually getting away with crime. Not, not a big, not a big caper. It's just him doing it. Okay, so I'm not as in love with the movie as you are, and we've kind of talked back and forth. I felt like I it was a movie I'd already seen before, and I don't think anybody would, you know, argue with me on that. Um. I thought about it a lot and, you know, I've kind of come to my conclusion, but I can't share it obviously because spoiler free review, but it was everything that it was advertised that I thought it would be. It was what you thought it was going to be largely. I thought it was going to be a really slow, weird movie. And that's what I got out of it. I was, I was surprised because I didn't notice until almost uh, before we went that it was a two hour runtime. Yeah. It was a two hour runtime. Did I laugh a couple times in the movie, yeah. Did I laugh at a couple of scenes I probably shouldn't have laughed at? Yeah, I did. I'm sorry. I have a dark sense of humor. 
There was one part I laughed at that nobody else was laughing at in the theater, and I felt really bad. I was like, God damn, I'm evil. But uh, Joaquin Phoenix, I'm a huge fan of. I mean, I've been a huge fan since Signs. And, uh, you know, like I said, he gets all the credit in the world for preparing for the role and losing the weight and looking like a freak. Uh, and then just, I mean, the method acting that he goes through to be Arthur Fleck and to turn himself into the Joker... I mean, by far, my favorite part of the movie was the uh, the step scene. Yeah, where he's he's dancing to the rock jock basketball music, Gary Glitter. And I'm not I'm not spoiling anything. I mean, it's on the fucking poster for the movie. But uh, yeah, and I mean, I've heard a lot of people say like the uh, music tells a story to it in the uh, throughout the movie. Like well, you, you know, have to pay attention to the songs. They do use like a uh, uh, like a lot of older. Kind of crooner standards. Yeah, I forget exactly what songs they have in there. Like one of the in the, one of the last scenes, he's dancing to Frank Sinatra or something like it's either, that. It's either Sinatra, I think it's Jimmy Durante, maybe, but don't hold me to that because yeah. I don't remember exactly who it was. But but I mean, jo- Joaquin was good. The laugh. I mean, he has his laugh down. <laughs> but uh, and that was another thing. Like, did the Joker really have a laughing condition? Like this Joker had a laughing condition, yeah, a mental condition. There's yeah, actually that made him laugh. There's a real condition. Uh, I don't know if they've got like the commercial with uh, Danny Glover. It's called Suter Pseudo Bulber Affect. Yeah, so you kind of like cry or laugh. You have different um, uncontrollable emotions. Yeah. yeah, but I thought that was different. Obviously, I mean, which I'm not knocking it for that. It just uh, to me, it's it was just really slow and it was just okay. It just didn't stand out to me. And I mean, I, I'm giving Joaquin credit. I mean, it was a good performance, but overall, it's just I, I, I wasn't asking for this movie, and I didn't care for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I see Joker, I want to see Batman, I guess. And I mean, that's kind of my issue I'm having. But I, I don't know. I mean, I'd like to watch it again, and you know, pick up on some stuff I probably missed, mm-hmm. other than you know somebody on YouTube telling me it. <laughs> but. uh I don't know. I mean, I just, I'm not, it, it was what I expected it to be. And I wasn't thrilled. I wasn't thrilled for the movie and I wasn't excited for the movie. And I kind of, you know, got into the buzz where everybody was like, Oh, you got to go see it. You got to go see it. And I kind of got my hopes up. Yeah. And then I don't know if it was because I expected something and got what I thought it was going to be. It just wasn't as good. I don't know. Well, I think you know, because Maybe, a lot of that hype, excuse me, a lot of that hype, was like, like what? What does he do in this movie? That, yeah, you know, like, and when you hear when you hear stories about like people walking out of movies or something, or there's something in it that like shocked him, you have to think like, do you watch movies? Yeah, I yeah. watch a lot of movies. And th- to me, there wasn't anything like it wasn't anything sh- out of the ordinary. Yeah, I mean, it was just it felt like a a a weird kind of normal movie, and there wasn't anything that I was like, oh shit, yeah. you know. Like I knew what he was gonna do in certain parts, and 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 that's kind of the, that's kind of where I'm at right now. I guess like, there just wasn't anything that stood out to me that was like, oh, this is a great film. This is new, and, uh, and like I mentioned earlier, it felt like I had seen this movie a couple of times before. And I mean, there's some heavy taxi influence on this oh, yeah. movie. Taxi driver, yeah. Yeah. So I mean. That and, and you know, there's other things that are it's heavily influenced upon too. So, I mean, if you're an avid movie watcher, you're gonna pick up on these things relatively quick, and maybe you might enjoy it like you did, and maybe you might be turned off on it like me. 
So, but and I'm I'm with you. I, I don't want anybody to not go to the movie theater and see it. I want you to go to the theater and I want you to form your own opinion. Uh, you know whether you're a fan or not of comic book movies. Yeah. Well, th- this is definitely the one to kind of go out and you know see what you think about it on yeah. your own because you know uh, if I can understand like somebody expecting like your typical superhero movie seeing this, they might be a little upset at what the movie is. I, I think anybody can can take an appreciation away from the movie because the movie itself does revolve around our society today. Yeah. And that's a, that, I mean, to that point, yeah, it, 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 you can have a fine appreciation for it because it, it highlights mental illness and specifically highlights how we throw mentally ill people away. And then they become terrible monsters over that. And unfortunately there's a lot of that that goes on today. Yeah. There's, there's, and Lord forbid the, the 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 psychos that go see this that get the you know you know in their head that they want to go do something, but I mean that's an argument for another day. But I mean I don't know I just it just it wasn't anything special to me. I felt like they were really trying to give an origin story to like Heath Ledger's kind of Joker kind of. Well, you know that that's the funny thing because when I when I contrast you know because the great thing about Ledger is that he didn't have an origin story and in fact a couple times throughout his movie he lies about it. Yeah, he changes which, it with every person that he talks which, to. I mean that's part of the Joker mythos that there's many origin stories. Maybe one of them's real. Maybe none of them are real. Yeah, and I did I I read a couple of uh, articles where they talked about actually scarring Joaquin's face mm-hmm. into a smile and they were like no we can't do that we want it we don't want to give anybody the illusion that this is a origin story for yeah. Keith Ledger's well i think a lot of people speculated that like ledger's joker had was some sort of like veteran from like desert storm or something yeah yeah and but but it was great that he didn't because his like like i said you know nicholson's joker was already a bad guy yeah he was, he a, was gangster. a gangster he fell into a vat and it just became worse you know ledger's joker you know, everybody likes to say he's like a force of nature. He's like Michael Myers in Halloween or something. Right. <laughs> he's just that anarchy that keeps coming. And that's great for both of those guys. Whereas Joaquin's is like a real person, you know, transforming into a, this this monster in a way. Let me ask you a question. Do you think Joaquin's Joker could give Batman a run for his money? No. And that's what I like. Certainly, certainly not as he is in this film. No, he would have to. He's gonna have to transform a little bit more, right? Like I feel like this Joker would just like be caught immediately by Batman, and I mean, just he'd be right back. I mean, it'd be over with. There wouldn't be a point of making a movie with Batman and this right. Joker. I mean, he did. There are things that happen in the movie where he gets lucky, basically. Right, right. It's not. And, there's no capers. There's no bank jobs. And that's kind of like, that. like the problem I have with this Joker is like he's not like. I mean, he's crazy, but he's not a full-blown... He's not like a criminal mastermind. Master, yeah, He's not a sociopath mastermind that could rival, uh, yeah. you know, a superhero or Batman. I mean, the Joker is like the arch nemesis of Batman, and there's something to be said about that. And this guy, I just felt like he didn't even come close to it, even though it's an early adaptation of him. And I think, I think it's not really supposed to be no, because, you know, you watch this movie, you know, Joaquin Phoenix is, you know, 40 or something. Right. Right. Bruce Wayne's like 10 or 12. So by the time, if that, yeah. I mean, he's a young pup in this yeah. one, by the time he turns into Batman, our Joker is going to be like 60. <laughs> yeah. You know? He's claiming his, his social security. Yeah. 
So it's you know it would be maybe interesting if you did that against like first year Batman or Batman year one and this right. you could maybe do something with that. But this isn't like this isn't big time. And it know. all goes down to your perception of the movie of what you believe, yeah. obviously. And I'm just speaking hypo- you know hypothetically. Do you think this Joker could could give Batman a hard time? Yeah. And to me, the answer is no. Not not and prime that's, Batman. No. And that's to me that's the big thing about this movie is he just doesn't feel quite like Joker to me at the end. Even though he gives a hell of a performance, and there's times where you're like, man, he looks fucking cool, you know, dancing down those steps, and, uh, you know, right before he comes out on the show, he's he's getting in the zone, and you're just like... Doing his carnival dance. You're like, God damn, he looks kind of cool in that, you know? But then, you know, and then a couple of scenes, you're like, whoa, that was fucking brutal or crazy. But you're like, yeah, he couldn't even... I mean, if he's face to face with Batman, he's done. And that so. would be like it, Batman would have to be different in the in this right. world. Batman couldn't be, you know, suited up Batmobile Batman. He'd have to be something else. Batman with a uh, <laughs> what do they call those things where you throw them up on the uh, the roof? Oh, the grappling hook. Yeah, Gra- Batman with a grappling hook, not the gun. Right? Yeah. yeah this would, you'd have to be like sixties m- Batman, middle class Batman, or something versus this joke. This is Batman before he gets a hold of the R and D department, right? Research and development department. <laughs> he he's running with the scuba suit. Yeah, and I, I think you know, as as a comic book, that's that's a legit criticism because in in a lot of minds batman and joker joker batman it's just how it goes they're one and two you know i mean they both need each other so and in a way that does play into a couple parts of this movie too that that there there there's a connection between the characters but for the most part it it's it was an interesting experiment if nothing else to see you know hats off to them for trying it and i mean it worked out for them they're cashing in left and right off a of controversy, you know, with people complaining about the, the gun violence. And, and yeah, I, I really think that's just a lot of hype because I went yeah. in and uh, if you've ever seen like a 70s movie like Taxi Driver or something, you've, you've seen this before. Yeah, way, it's you know? pretty tame. Yeah. I mean, in, in general. Yeah, there's, there's definitely some moments where you're like, wow, they went there. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it had some funny parts and, you know, there's some parts where you're like, well, damn. But to me, it was just okay. I'm not giving it thumbs up or anything. Yeah. If I had to go on the five star system, I'd go three out of five stars. Yeah, I don't uh, anymore. I don't like to rate movies. I like to say, do I think you should see it or not? And I, I definitely say, I think yeah, people should it's go see worth, this one. It's worth going and seeing on the big screen yeah. and making your mind up. But be aware, it's a downer movie. It's not like you know, <laughs> happy go lucky. You know. Yeah, you're not you're not gonna walk away from that one on a Sunday, probably. Right. <laughs> Or maybe maybe you'll need one. Yeah, maybe you'll need one. To... I tell you, I was a little surprised. I thought it was really really well directed too. You know, Todd Phillips. He's done like The Hangover and a right. lot of, a lot of comedies. And there's some controversy about some comments he made around the movie too. But I I thought it was really well directed actually. And like you said, more the, than I was expecting. The cinematography is beautiful. The Gotham that they made is is on point. I mean, it's dirty. There's a garbage strike. There's trash everywhere. Uh, and uh, I mean, the, yet it's still got like a weird sort of gothic ambience to it in a way. Yeah, you know? the movie is well done, and you can tell Todd Phillips appreciates the world of Gotham. You know, I, I read an article today, and it was a, about Scorsese, and they kind of made it the headline made it sound like one thing, but I guess at some point Scorsese was a producer. Producer, on the movie. yeah, and he um, he kind of well, he does that with a, a bunch of movies where he just kind of lets his people below him well, I think I think they wanted us they really wanted to film in New York or something like that 
and of course, because Scorsese is known as a New York guy, if, yeah. if he puts his name on it, it'd be easier. And I supposedly, I guess, a lot of people that are on like his crew worked on this movie. Yeah. And then they went to work on The Irishman. Yeah, they helped. They Netflix. helped film it, and then they filmed The Irishman. So it's. I mean, if you know, if you. It's it's not just that it's very because uh, that's, Scorsese inspired. That stairway is in the Bronx that the is Joker it? dances down. Yeah, it's in Bronx, New York. So yeah, I mean it's it's a New York kind of. Film. And I, I think maybe that's one cool thing. It seems like they don't do it so much anymore, but it it looked like it was shot on location in New York. You know, yeah. a lot of places don't do that anymore. They will go film in Canada or something where it's cheaper. And I I think we kind of missed that. You know, I, well, what was it? Uh, I mean. The Dark Knight movies were filmed in like Chicago, Chicago, Detroit, Detroit, maybe New York or something like that. One other big city. Because I mean, when I think of like, if I had to think of like Gotham, like what city does Gotham kind of look like? And I would think Chicago or Detroit. And then I think of like Superman, Metropolis. I think is New York, right? Like, and it's you know when I think of when I think of Gotham, I think of like an old city. You know, right. not like some new, mo- maybe it's got some modern touches. And that's that was one thing that, you know, Tim Burton's Batman and animated series. It had, Gotham was a, a, a city like today, but it was also its own city, you know? Yeah. So, but like, I, I thought it walked that really fine line on that between real world and fantasy and all that. And I, I mean, I was, I was surprised. I wanted to like it a lot, you yeah. know, going into it. Because it was just because of, it was different. And I, I, I enjoyed it. And I don't know if it's, you know, I'm not going to say it's like a great movie or anything. Cause it, you know, it, it it was it's a it's gonna I think be an interesting uh, entry into the you know comic book movie canon. Yeah, uh, it's definitely new, and it'll probably they'll probably do a little bit more uh, I, solo I, movies. I hope it makes a ton of money, just just so it will encourage uh, companies like that to do something different, right? And you right. know, take take a character in an in a direction that's maybe not as explored. You know, well. That's all we have for you tonight. Next week, stay tuned. We're going to dive deeper into the Joker. We'll be back with our horror round table. So that should take up a lot of time because we'll have two more people, mm-hmm. hopefully, if one of them's still alive and he didn't die from bronchitis. Um, and if we did, we'll just uh, we'll get a Ouija board out. And- yeah, we'll just channel him in and hook him up to the tablet or something. Rob Zella, are you with us in this room? <laughs> He's here. Yep. <laughs> Um, so call to action as always, I would like for you to share the show on your social media accounts. And if you can send a message to somebody that might like the show, say, Hey, I think you might like this. Let's get hip to it. And, uh, you know, like I always say, let's try to get one person to listen. And then from there, they'll get another person to listen and we'll grow and let's just keep that up. So until next week, I guess this has been Another great episode of the Sleazy Podcast. And we will see you next week. Later. Thanks for listening to the Sleazy Podcast. Make sure you hit the subscribe button and remember, listen to Sleazy.